0: Welcome to Mercer's Energizing the Employee Experience podcast with me, your host, Tyree Houghton. Each week, I'll be joined by guests who will share their experiences and insights to help you create a people-first workplace to attract and retain the best talent. So on today's episode, we're going to be discussing such a hot topic at the moment, the cost of living crisis. We'll be focusing on some of the elements that perhaps aren't on HR's radar at the moment, but maybe should be. And for today's podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by my colleagues, Craig Haynes and Michael Probert. Could you give it a quick introduction into you and your roles at Mercer? Craig, let's start with you.
1: Hi, my name is Craig Haynes and I uh, work for m um, and Commercial. I work part of the business in, in Mercer that specialises in supporting small to medium sized enterprises, um, particularly around such issues that are facing at the moment, like the cost of living crisis. Thank
2: you. Hi there, Mike Probert. So I work in the workplace education team. Um, so I'm out talking to clients about financial wellbeing. And that, of course, is very relevant for this. So covering their day to day finances and also planning for the future. Uh, So I've been doing that for the past 15 odd years in one form or another. But yeah, certainly seeing it rising up the agenda and and become more relevant for for everyone really.
0: Great, thank you for joining today. So to kick us off, um, the cost of living crisis is something that everyone's talking about from the fuel prices rising, electricity bills rising. Quite simply, people's pay just isn't going as far now. And employees are starting to look at towards their HR and their employees for support. So the big question, and I guess the ultimate question that every business is asking is, what are the best things that HR and businesses can do to support their employees right now?
1: Um, I mean, I, I'll kick off on this. I know uh, Mike's got good knowledge of that through the financial education work that he does. But for me, um, there's a big issue at the moment, and that is rising costs leading to wage pressure. And wage pressure is really difficult for businesses at the moment. The costs are rising everywhere for businesses, not just on um, potential pressure to kind of recruit people. And the challenge is that with the way that inflation is is accelerating at the moment, it's just unsustainable, uh, just continually increasing wages. So I think an employer probably needs to think about the other things that they can deliver for their staff. What can they do that they can, that will help them to support um, their employees may be getting access to things that they wouldn't normally be able to get access to or which would cost quite a lot. Um, I work in a, in a benefits business. So uh, one of the things that are, are concerns at the moment for uh, employees are things like the rising cost of, uh, of dental coverage. Um, you find it very difficult to get an NHS dentist. There's a report that came out just uh, the other week which talked about uh, the inability to access it. And that's leading to more people needing private cover and private cover costs a lot of money. So you can't afford that. Uh, one of the things that an employer could consider is maybe putting in place benefits that have got a low relative value. Uh, Dental insurance is a relatively cheap insurance to buy, but have a high perceived in value for employees. Um, And that's quite key. It can cost quite a lot for an employee to to pay for, for things like dental treatment or physiotherapy or things like that. But through introducing some plans, which are low spend plans, which have got a high perceived value, you can kind of give the employees more disposable income through taking care of those things without necessarily increasing substantially the wage bill. Um, The other thing to to, to think about is what can you do to support employees with things that they're having increased costs for? Um, Everyone talks about petrol prices and price at the pump. Well, actually, as an employer, one of the things you can consider is, is rather than continuing that push for everybody to work in the office, maybe consider should I let people work from home more? Um, that helps them with um, the, the the kind of travel costs that they're going to have. It also helps them with the food costs that they have within the office. It might actually help them to a certain extent with the childcare costs that they have. Um, the important thing is when you make choices like that, is to think about how you can maintain the culture and the um, the engagement with work. Um, and that's something that we can help people with.
0: Like anything, to yeah, go? I think.
2: Yeah, well, I think it won't be much of a surprise for me to say this, but education is something that I think is very valuable, particularly at the moment. So, um, you know, helping people understand what they can do to kind of deal with the challenges is very important. And so I think absolutely making people aware of any kind of support that's available and you know we've already seen from the pandemic a massive rise in kind of anxiety depression the prevalence of that off the back of the pandemic and these pressures are just kind of exacerbating those problems so just making sure that there is access to solid mental health support and kind of highlighting those for people so that again they know where they can go to get kind of support and yeah I think those those two things are probably things that are um, are very important for employers to be thinking about.
0: Yeah I think thinking about broader well-being is so important and not looking at it in silos and okay this is cost of living is just a financial thing and thinking about the bigger picture. Craig you talked about um, the wage pressure and I think when you think about employees I understand the value of doing everything that you said, but do you think there's a big communication piece that's also needed to help employees understand why businesses aren't going down a wage increase, but offering these and how that can help them? Because I think the perception for employees who perhaps don't understand everything is I just want more money in my pocket and they don't see why money's being spent on other things.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think fundamentally... uh... Inflation isn't going away at the moment and it isn't even um, slowing down and that's a a, a real challenge that means that everyone in real terms is getting less value for what they're spending and I think one of the conversations that employers need to have with employees is is about not necessarily just about increasing salaries, it's about making money go further. we need to think about things like, as an employer, you get to a certain extent, uh, a kind of a collective buying power. That means that you can access things more cheaply than your employees can. Um, and I talked about dental insurance and cash, but, but another thing that you can do is, is there are platforms available within the market that will allow things like discounted shopping vouchers. Um, and you pay for a hundred pounds of vouchers uh, or 95 pounds of vouchers and say, get, let's say, get a hundred pounds worth of shopping out of that. These things are really, really important because um, if you do that and scale that up and then you add into that the things like having um, highly perceived kind of value insurances and financial education and uh, you know, help with employees in, in, in kind of managing their finances more effectively, and the, all these things are delivered, then they have a compound effect that is greater than the salary f- increase you can afford. You know if you could only inf- afford a three percent salary increase in a ten percent inflationary environment you're not really taking a m- much of a chunk out of that reduction in, in value but if you can plow that three percent into helping employees get better value out of what they do offering them things that um that you can deliver that will cost them more money getting them discounts on things that um they c- they couldn't access with discounts like those, those shopping vouchers getting them access to Tools to help them to plan their finances a little bit better. Um, all of these things have a compound effect. And, and I think it, it, it's very important that when you're looking at this and you're looking at a high inflationary environment, to so really consider how you can drive the best value for your employees, how you can genuinely help them with the underlying cause of the problem, which is that their money is buying them less.
0: Thank you. Um, Obviously we've talked about sort of the focus on how you support your employees and uh, with the great resignation impacting every single business that I speak to now more than ever, I think those employers are needing to show that they understand and they're supporting their workforce. So that is definitely a job that HR have to do. However, it's not just the employees and people that are being impacted at the moment. Businesses are also feeling this. So from an HR perspective, do you think HR need to have more of a business hat on at the moment than a people hat? I think
1: they need to have both hats on, um, to be honest. If you have a people hat on, then you can improve your re- attraction, retention and engagement. Um, and, and that's key. Training a new employee, employing a new employee is incredibly costly compared to make, uh, retaining an existing one. And that's really important for a business. Having a people hat on will help you reduce your absence levels, will help you improve engagement, and that will ultimately affect productivity in your bottom line. But there are things that affect your business, and I suppose it's not just HR advisors um, that, that, that really feel this. It's across the board, um, and, and we need to kind of consider both the impacts of that on the business in terms of increasing costs and also the business of in terms of increasing risk. And what I mean by that is that um, I read a, a report the other day and it had um, some, some quotes in it. And it, it, one of the things that kind of kind of um, leapt out at me is that um, the cost of bricks in the country has risen 31% this year. Cost of bricks, 31% up. That's a ridiculous statistic to quote at people. But what, when you think of that in that context and think of it in the context of all of your assets as a business, your cars, the fuel you buy, the stock that you hold, the buildings that you have your, your businesses in. And then you think about what the risks of those increasing values of assets represent to you. If there was a catastrophic failure, you know, let's say the building caught fire, for example, um, how many people have really thought about how they should their business insurance or their business continuity insurance or their fleet insurance. And actually, have they looked and assessed that to see if it actually fits in with what this inflationary environment is doing to the value of their assets? You know, those are things that people haven't considered. And then on the other side of that, you've got things like, as a business, you've probably gone through substantial change over the last few years, as we all have. As one thing seems to lead into another for our businesses, we seems to be the only constant in our in our world at the moment is change and new challenges, um, and that's led to huge changes in the way that people work in what people value and how people engage with the world. Um, and yet we've not really reviewed what we offer our employees and what we deliver for our business for our employees in line with that not kept pace with it. You know, we've looked at working from home and most people, when people started working from home, put kind of mechanisms in place to try and help people to work from home, laptops, things like that. And um, we haven't really thought about the underlying issues. And uh, one of the challenges that we have at the moment is how do businesses make sure they're getting value out of everything they do? If you read any one of the kind of top 10 tips that you get on Money Facts or Money Wise or any of these, these websites about managing your finances, and there are lots of them at the moment, they will always say, review what you do. Is everything that you've got that you're you're, you're paying for at the moment that you're doing as a policy, is everything that you've got focused on driving additional value for you? What return on it do you get? And I think it's really important that you look at all of your insurances and your policies and things like that and say, actually, are they fit for purpose at the moment? Are they driving the culture in my business that they should do? Are they delivering the value for money that I think they should do? And really have kind of a drains up review of that and what you will find through doing that is often you can find cost savings in areas that you're spending on that you might not need to spend so much on at the moment and you can mitigate risks things that you haven't thought were risks but might actually be causing you to lose employees or actually things that you haven't thought were risk and you think actually if that happened now this would be so much more of a bigger impact to my business than three years ago the last time I looked at it so that that would be um my my advice on that really
0: I think that makes sense. I think when you talk about the risk and you think about the people risk, one of the biggest risks that businesses have for HR looking at their people, they're helping to try and reduce that people risk. And that is that business hat on. Um, And it's a dual hat because you benefit your people at the same time, but you're taking away that risk from the business. Anything to add, Mike?
2: Yeah, so I I guess i just echo kind of what Craig was saying about that, that focus on return on investment and making sure that it's kind of a smart spend and making sure that, you know, the, the money that's being put towards this stuff is being used in the most effective way and it's not always just kind of trying to throw salary at the problem and hoping that's going to solve it because, um, like we said, it isn't going to necessarily, I guess, you know, in terms of the cost of living crisis, particularly, and looking at the impact that that has it's worth recognizing that it doesn't affect everyone in the same way and so kind of a one-size-fits-all approach to this isn't necessarily going to be the best way to go at it. Um, You know, we've seen it kind of exacerbating sort of existing um, patterns in terms of different um, impacts on people and so kind of a focus on diversity and inclusion and kind of looking at that and some of those metrics and making sure that that's still high on the agenda um, thinking about, you know, Craig mentioned that kind of flexibility and, and working from home. So thinking about people like carers, for example, who are, um, again, particularly under pressure at the moment because we're seeing care services stretch. We're seeing the cost of, you know, nurseries and childcare um, going up. So um, people who have care and responsibilities, again, are going to maybe struggle to be earning extra because they haven't got the time to do that to try and um, balance things. So a bit more flexibility there could be valuable. So, yeah, I guess it's it's trying to recognise Um, some of those those issues and trying to um, be able said, not just take a one-size-fits-all approach but trying to really um, look at how they can can help people in a a sensible and smart way.
0: And thinking about that broader scope what have you seen that's been working really well in clients that you might have gone in and spoken to in terms of the breadth of education they're offering and and how does a client make the decisions um, on what they should be educating their workforce on and what the breakdown of the demographic is or how can we help with that?
2: Yeah, so I guess there it, it's trying to get a good sense of, um, you know, the pressure points that people are feeling and really getting a good understanding of, of what people actually need and where they need help. And, and certainly having a kind of open dialogue there is, is you know, it's very useful for that. And, um, you know, often this is a kind of a journey that will be going on with clients in, in the kind of financial well-being space. So, um, you know, starting with introducing kind of frameworks and, and a matrix that people can start to use to engage with this, you know, financial well-being. Um, can be a topic that seems a bit theoretical and and lofty and actually you know what are we talking about when we start to quantify some of the things here that people can then start to actively engage with so um, we're often on that journey of um, building out a framework and so that as part of it would be looking to get feedback and you know it can be through live sessions polling through surveys getting a sense of this is the kind of the key areas attention for positive financial well-being but where actually do you feel the most confident the least confident you know we have a good sense of where people typically are least confident um, you know typically it would be being prepared for unexpected events that's things that people tend to not like to think about much and so often ignore and, and therefore leave themselves vulnerable but of course now what we've seen is that kind of control over the day-to-day where you know probably five years ago everyone was pretty confident with that and we didn't see much kind of anxiety there all of a sudden that has shot up the list and now lots of people are worried about that and So, um, so yeah it's not assuming too much about where we're going to direct the support but introducing that getting a sense of Um, whether those broad things apply to individual businesses and then looking at tailoring the support so building out sessions on things like budgeting debt money management basics and that control over the day-to-day stuff thinking about the resilience piece so making sure that people's protection benefits are well understood um you know they're not the most glamorous of things necessarily and and often they'll be uh, ignored or or not paid that much attention to but they're very important things and again you know when we think about that um, sort of psychology and, and thinking about anxiety and trying to eradicate that a good understanding of the resilience that's in place from some of those benefits is very important so that control resilience those are kind of financial foundations that we we talk to people about and then kind of moving into planning for the future and thinking about how we can start to help people look towards the future with greater confidence. Again, is a big thing. You know, a lot of people are very unconfident or lack confidence when it comes to planning for the future and understanding the weird and wonderful world of investment products and asset classes and what they should be doing to try and get themselves heading in a positive direction. So starting to build that literacy so that people can be a bit more confident and feel like they're driving their direction of travel and a bit more in control of the future so you know we do sort of savings and investment sessions uh, retirement sessions of course I started off as a um, as a pensions professional so um, that still holds a soft spot for for me and talking to people about retirement planning and so yeah I guess it's it's kind of all of those suite of um, I guess topics and areas and yeah looking to build confidence across all of that so that we're Giving everyone, wherever the starting point on that kind of journey, we're giving everyone something that can kind of push them forward and move the needle forward a bit for them.
0: Brilliant, thank you. And are you seeing um, employees being more open uh, to talking about their financial elements in a workplace now? Because I think there has been a massive shift in that
2: yeah yeah absolutely so you know i think that's absolutely right i guess in terms of again coming back to that holistic well-being picture and you know, thinking about other areas physical mental social financial probably the areas that we look at the most financials been a bit perhaps behind some of those others in terms of being an open topic that everyone's happy talking about money is often treated as a taboo topic and people don't necessarily like talking about it openly we've seen that previously being the case for mental health but we've seen dramatic changes on that in recent years and I think financial health is kind of following on that journey and it's following in that direction so yeah absolutely people are more open and, and more comfortable talking about it now and of course some of this stuff is I guess giving people a lot of reason to talk talk about it you know some yeah, of stuff. I think at
0: the moment where this is impacting everyone suddenly there's that openness that you know whoever you're going to talk to is also experiencing their bills going up and suddenly them having to readjust and rebudget. so you're you're not just speaking about it because you might have a debt problem it's it's much broader than that
2: yeah well absolutely and again I guess it comes back to that kind of reactive versus sort of proactive approach and again you know if you think about where we were with physical health back 15 20 years ago and it was probably just the reactive well if we've got a physical health issue we'll try and react to that but we're not on the front foot with it of course we're now very proactive in that sense and we're getting there on the mental health side of things as well it's not just a have we got an acute issue let's try and fix it kind of how do we maintain positive health and again you know that's what we're trying to drive on the financial side of things so it's not just a we feel an acute financial stress which of course is going to be bad news and we want to fix that but also once we've done that or if we don't have that what else can we do to just be proactive and improve that financial health so that it's going to be positive and in a lasting way and not something that we're going to have to um, be kind of backpedaling once we hit and um, kind of certain issues and yeah like you said everyone you know everyone gets it everyone's affected by this so we're, a few years ago, we were talking about inflation and it's a, a sort of hypothetical issue that we're talking about and the need to try and protect yourself against it. It's not hypothetical at the moment, you know, it's something that people are all feeling and you know, no one's kind of immune from it. So everyone's feeling it in, in one way or another. So yeah, absolutely. It's helped to um, just bring it to the fore and open up those those conversations. Um, so yeah, we'll see that as a positive despite, um, <laughs> despite the, the impacts, of course, not, not necessarily being so.
0: I think that kind of leads nicely onto my next question, which is... Uh, can't help but feel a lot of businesses, certainly that I speak to, are being quite reactive at the moment to everything. And it's kind of that suddenly jumping on it. I think everything was thrown at, okay, pandemic, how do we help there? And and actually, bar sort of some people that may have lost their jobs, it, a lot of people actually during the pandemic, they weren't spending as much. So financially, they're in a better position. And, and that probably fell to the back end of, you know, um, HR's priorities. And suddenly it's it's come up. And I think there's um, yeah, it's a really reactive environment for a lot of my clients. But as you say, it's not going to change anytime soon. It's it's something that could come up in the future. So what can businesses do to, one, prepare themselves for the future, but also, as you say, it's about, you touched on the planning for the future and some of the sessions that help with that, but how can we keep evolving this to make sure that what we're offering is fresh and, and modern as time goes on?
1: I think for me that the first thing to say is, is pause for breath. Um, we have been reacting as, as businesses over the last uh, few years in terms of what we're doing. And we need to kind of, it's important to take a step back and just audit what, you're, what you, you've got, what your policies are, what your approach is. Um, it's good to kind of um, talk to your people as well. Um, there are lots of surveys that you can do through places like SurveyMonkey. They don't really have any cost to them um, to find out what's important to your employees today. Um, what they value, what benefits they'd value, what they'd like for you to deliver as a business. Um, I think that's quite important. And then I think um, secondly to that is actually looking at what you want your business to look like in the future. Is your culture the culture that you want in the future? Do you need to change the way that your business has worked? Do you need to change the culture of your business and what your business business offers? Um, And if you need to do that, then start thinking about how you can um align the benefits you've got to create the right culture you know if if it is about actually we need to think more about mental wellness and uh financial wellness and things like that how can you support that are there things that you can do around engaging people with uh the eap for example are there uh wellness apps that you can introduce should you think about getting fruit delivered you know if that's what you want to do as a business are there challenges you can do around um Fitness and steps and things like that. All of these things are things that you can introduce that are kind of soft benefits, but will actually help you to influence your culture. Um, and I think, in terms of what you provide for your people, I think it's really important to try and give them access to tools that helps them to navigate the, the, the current environment and to try and make those tools as flexible as possible so that they can change alongside future challenges. I'm a great believer in, in kind of digital platforms um and how those could be used because those because of the nature because they're not static they're things that you can easily adapt to add in new benefits or engage people in different ways and actually the things that you can interact with people on over multiple geographies so if you have got a business that is now got a percentage of people working at home or even if you've outsourced some of your business to another geography it helps to kind of facilitate communication and engagement and you can put things on it now that helps people I mentioned the kind of discounted shopping vouchers you can put access to your eaps on there um, you can even look at some of the financial wellness uh information that we provide within our business to to kind of look at helping people to kind of navigate you know managing budgets and things like that
0: anything to add to that mike
1: um
2: yeah i guess i'd kind of echo, echo what, what craig said there so um yeah i guess it's just about making sure that the, the tools are, are there so you know making sure that there is a Um, A kind of good benefits offering in place that's that's covering some of these um, you know these key areas and giving people tools that they can use and then making sure that people understand how to use them and and understand the value of of what's there for them to use Um, again you know Craig touched on the kind of role of technology and and that being able to do a lot of the the kind of legwork for people now which is great and it makes a lot of this stuff um, a lot more accessible and a lot um, I guess less laborious than perhaps it would have been in the past particularly if we're thinking about some of this kind of you know money management and kind of finance stuff that is um, pretty dry you know most people aren't kind of finance enthusiasts by nature it's very much something that they're forced to do Um, and so where in the past it might have been you know excel documents where we're kind of logging assets and trying to work out what's going on with spending patterns and all the rest of it these days there's lots of tools that will give you that powerful insight Um, and so you can start to get some of this stuff actually quite easily and get that kind of understanding but then it's just working out how to use that in a way that's effective so yeah again making sure that you know the benefits there are well understood people understand what they what they've got um, so yeah I think it, it's that it's having the tools in place um, and then yeah, making sure that people kind of have a good understanding of what's on offer and then just you're keeping that kind of keeping on the front foot with looking for kind of new avenues of support and kind of making sure that there aren't black spots there or, or areas that aren't addressed again if we you know think back to that kind of framework about financial well-being and thinking about Um, control over the day-to-day resilience and those kind of um, freedom to make choices planning for the future are there tools that address all of those areas you know do we have things like you know workplace savings options is there easy access to things like um, isas you know individual savings accounts so that people do have an easy way to access some of the things that can be intimidating to to kind of go out and find on your own um, you know people don't necessarily like researching and finding their own investments so do we have an easy way of kind of getting people to engage with that again the, the kind of Um, less friction with with this stuff the better and the kind of easier it is for people to kind of start forming positive habits with this stuff the better so um so yeah it's that I guess it's it's getting the tools in place and then um trying to reduce friction and making sure people know how to use them so they can kind of get themselves in in good shape with minimal um kind of effort I
0: guess yeah I think uh always the easier (laughs) the easier the better for employees (laughs) and I guess from an education perspective it's that importance of understanding that it needs to be frequent and it needs to be repetitive because at the time you might run a session, it's not, it doesn't mean anything to anyone. It doesn't hit the mark, but six months down the line, it might suddenly be the most important thing for them. So it's not a education's not something we'll do it this year. And then we've ticked the box for a while it's got to be constantly evolving because the message will constantly evolve.
2: Yeah. Well, that's absolutely it. You know, if you look at what we've talked to people about over the past few years, you know there's been varied challenges that they've you know they've differed but absolutely it's not kind of what we said three years ago that was it and you're kind of you know you're set for life now whilst we'll try and you know have some principles that we'll carry across and we'll kind of arm people with like I said a framework that they can use Um, you know, forever pretty much to to get to grips with some of the fundamentals in terms of then the specifics and making sure that people can act off the back of it, which is, you know, the crucial thing that we're trying to drive is action. You know, we don't just want to be interesting and um, people to listen to us and say, well, that was interesting and then go and not do anything because that doesn't make a difference. So, um, you know, it's about what those actions look like. And yeah, there will be specific challenges that change over time off the back of that. So whether it's inflation and what that means for um, not only, day-to-day spending but investment options that are available and so considering that whether it was the pandemic and what that meant for um for people in terms of some of those investment options or retirement planning or you know whatever it may be yeah again the um, the challenges you know are changing ever evolving and so yeah it's always a journey uh, and so checking back in and just making sure that people are kind of staying heading in the right direction is, is very important with this stuff
0: brilliant well thank you both so much for joining me today and hopefully um, we've given a few key takeaways that sort of hr and businesses can start to think about how they can support and plan for the future um so thank you
2: pleasure thanks very much thanks
0: We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for listening. Please subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. And if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us at mercer.uk at mercer.com.